Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Hopeful Environmentalist. It's your host, Taylor Gannis, and on this week's episode, I speak with an incredible wildlife filmmaker who discusses the important role that filmmaking has on wildlife conservation. We also talk about how you can get involved in wildlife filmmaking if that's something you're interested in and you don't know where to start. So without further ado, I'm excited to introduce our guest speaker, Kausch, who is a wildlife conservation biologist and filmmaker from the UK. With a passion for bringing science to life through media, his research has taken him across the world in search of human wildlife stories, and we even get to talk about some of these stories in the episode, so I'm very excited for you guys to listen, hear these amazing stories. They gave me chills in a good way, so I'm excited for you guys to hear them. An award-winning nominated photographer, he has worked with conservation organizations and media outlets such as the BBC to shed light on conservation efforts worldwide. Okay, so hi, how are you? Thank you for joining the podcast. Hey, I'm well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, I was intrigued by your Instagram and all of the work you've done. So I'd really just love to know how you got into wildlife filmmaking. Um, I kind of, I've always had a camera in hand since I was young, um, just taking pictures of kind of animals or family gatherings, that kind of thing. Um, and then in terms of wildlife filmmaking, I guess it started back in 2018. Um, I was doing my master's research on whale sharks out in the Maldives. Um, and part of that was recording encounters between people and whale sharks. So I had a camera, a GoPro underwater with me at all times. And when we didn't see whale sharks, I was kind of recording the reef and whatever fish we were seeing. And that was kind of my first start into documenting wildlife. Uh, I came away after that, made a short kind of showreel. Then I went back the year after as a research assistant for three months. And I was in the field every day for three months underwater, just capturing images and videos. And then COVID happened and I had a whole year, two years to just sit and work with the footage that I had. Um, and I kind of practiced editing, color grading underwater footage, and it just snowballed from there, really. And it's your your videos and your photos are absolutely insane. Like, I'm so jealous of the experiences that you've been able to have. Like, I feel like so many people want to experience that, um, but don't get the opportunity. So you're so, like, lucky and fortunate to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I definitely consider myself fortunate to have had the experience that I've had so far. It's really been incredible. Yeah. So what what role do you see filmmaking playing into wildlife conservation? And you've done wildlife conservation, too. So how how do you see that those two things like bouncing off each other? I think um, in the modern day that we live in now, it's really important to have as much visual material to help um, wildlife conservation as possible. Um, it was definitely part of my master's was a, a module on kind of science communication and how we get the message out um, to the general public these days. I think one of the downfalls of conservation efforts in the past has been kind of just doing the science and producing the papers, but that's not easily digestible for the mass kind of the masses. Um, and especially in the age of kind of social media now where everyone's scrolling through their phones and they need kind of fast media to, to grab their attention is crucial that photographers and filmmakers and whoever it may be produce enough material to, to, to show the world the conservation efforts that are going on because it's impossible to get the the word out basically if you don't have the visual media to go with it yeah and so many people don't get to see all these animals and get to experience that so you kind of help bring it to people and make it like you said easily digestible and i think that's so powerful and so 
crucial and important. I know you had photographs that you posted of the two last white rhinos and that's insane. What, what was that like? And how, how do you think your photography and people who photographed these rhinos, how does this play into species protection? Yeah, that was, um, it's definitely a highlight of my, of my experience so far meeting the last two Northern white rhinos. Um, definitely a special encounter and, and you know bitter bittersweet in an, in a way because you get to meet these incredible animals but then you're reminded that their their subspecies is on the verge of extinction because of kind of human greed and um because of people but it's incredible and you have to kind of put aside uh your emotions when you're taking those kinds of uh, images and videos and kind of spending time with them um, and partly just trying to take it in being around the last two members of a subspecies, but then also trying to do your job and kind of get the impactful images that are then going to um, resonate with people and get them to kind of join in protecting you know, other species and things like that. There's a lot of species out there that don't get as much maybe publicity because they're not as uh as aesthetically as, as as aesthetic or maybe um as charismatic as something like a rhino is but you know there is no less important that we protect them so taking images and videos of species like that and kind of getting their story out to the public and and getting the public to get on their side and help protect them is is crucial and yeah being able to take images and photos like that i definitely consider myself lucky to have had those experiences yeah i'm definitely jealous but i also feel like for me, and I know so many other people, like I wouldn't be able to put my emotions aside. So I give you credit for doing that too, because I think I would, I'd be a mess. I'd probably be a wreck. Yeah, it was definitely difficult at the time. You kind of just have to put it to the side. And then afterwards you, you kind of take a few minutes to sit down and think and be like, you know, I just was up close and personal with the last two members of, of a subspecies and they're beautiful animals as well. Huge, powerful animals. And it's, it's an incredible experience. Yeah, that's amazing. So now kind of going into, I, I saw that you had a film on coral reefs, and I think that also plays into, you know, critically endangered species and species that are on or are under threat. So what was that like? And what are some of the key takeaways when it comes to coral in the oceans and things like that? Yeah, I mean, I, that I kind of filmed on the side um, during my three months researching whale sharks, um, just because I was in the water all the time. We were on reefs. So I was filming all the incredible life that you see on them, but it's definitely a very topical, um, a very topical thing at the moment with coral reefs because they are like a lot of habitats around the world under threat, um, predominantly because of human issues that we've caused in terms of global warming and kind of ocean, ocean acidification and things like that. Um, so getting people to know more about coral reefs because I think a lot of people don't really understand what coral reefs are or what coral themselves are. A lot of people think they're plants where really they're animals and coral reefs are some of the most biodiverse habitats in the world, more so than even rainforests can be. Um, so yeah, getting awareness out for the issues that coral reefs face in the moment and how important they are, not just for wildlife, but also for ourselves. Like coral reefs really help protect coastal areas from storms and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, getting that film out was was important for me because I think it helps to to get awareness out for coral reefs and all the amazing animals that live on them. Um, and seeing kind of year on year how coral reefs can change and kind of are affected by global warming and seeing once pristine reefs 
you know, the next year be completely bleached and dead was really heartbreaking and and is really difficult to see. And do you mind just talking a little bit about like the process of that, that you went through recording these and, and putting it all together? What was that process like? Um, to be fair, with that film, I didn't go out and shoot it specifically to be a film. I was just documenting things as I was out. Um, and then I came back and, you know, I had three months worth of footage from reefs and I just thought, why not put this together into more than just a show rule, but actually try and, you know, do some storytelling and show people what happens on a reef and kind of the interactions between the wildlife on the reef and the corals. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. I came back and I saw that, you know, I had potential sequences where uh, a, a lionfish was trying to hunt clownfish that were living in an enemy or um, you see the symbiosis between a shrimp and an eel, a mora eel, where it's cleaning its teeth and things like that. So just putting these little stories together into bite-sized pieces that are digestible for people and just let them get a better idea of what life is like on a coral reef, because there's always something going on. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I think it's important to know that like what you talked about, one is storytelling. And two, it's like sometimes you don't go out with a purpose of something. You just are going to record it and you find so much more that than you expected. And I think that's that goes to show that for even in environmentalism, when you go out and you realize something that you didn't ever think of, you find new perspectives. And that's that's amazing that you're able to capture that in a film and then educate people with it. Yeah, absolutely. And every day in the water is completely different and you're going to see incredible things. And you never know when you might capture that once in a lifetime behavior or new behavior that no one's seen before. So it's incredible just going out there and observing things. And when you have a camera in hand as well, then it just helps because you can document it all and show it to people and share it with them. Yeah. Yeah. And so for those people listening and who are jealous and wanting to follow a similar career as you and see your videos and want to get into that, what would be your advice to them? What 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 would you want to say to them? So I think if um, wildlife conservation is kind of the route they want to go down, then definitely study something like that at university, you know, biology, zoology, some kind of natural science, and then look at maybe doing further studies in, in wildlife conservation or something like that. Um, but I think to get the experience, it's just to get out there and you don't have to go somewhere as fancy and, and tropical as the Maldives. There's always places nearby to where you are. I'm sure that um, you can go and volunteer. There's always conservation organizations and charities that are looking for an extra pair of hands. Um, if you're not necessarily you know, comfortable getting out in the water, for example, but you want to help a charity, there's always positions, you know, uh, whether it be an IT person or accounting or something like that, there's always positions that charities are looking for uh, and then they need help in. Um, but yeah, for filmmaking and kind of being in the field, I would say just get out there, volunteer with as many charities as possible, help out. Hopefully, you know, they eventually they give you a job if that's what you're looking for. It's quite a, a hard sector to get into for work and being a scientist isn't exactly a job that people get into for money making basically you do it for the love of the of the wildlife and to help them but yeah i always recommend people just get out there and start practicing if it's filmmaking and kind of camera work just get out there it doesn't matter what camera you're using you don't need top of the line stuff you can just get out there with a gopro which is how i started um and just practice and get better at the craft i think that's really important what you said too of you don't need the top of the line gear i think that's so such a hard thing for people to grasp sometimes like oh I have to get this camera but it's like 
whatever. I don't know the price of cameras, but like $2,000, I'm guessing that's like even more expensive. Um, but you don't need that. And you're so successful in what you do when you started with the GoPro. And I think that's so important for people to hear, you know, that, that want to get into it and don't have the finances to be able to spend that much money on a, on a camera. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I try and kind of preach as much as possible. Like I started when I was a student and so I had a student budget um, and I just had my, I mean, the first GoPro wasn't even mine. I borrowed it from a friend um, and I've been working with just the GoPro for the last kind of three years. I've only just upgraded and I'd always tell people it it's more important to kind of learn um, the basics and get a, a grasp of the basics of filmmaking and photography um before you start moving on to kind of better equipment and, and start investing more because there's no point buying a top-of-the-line camera for however many thousands of pounds or dollars um, if you don't know how to use it or you don't have an eye for kind of the shots that you need so always practice with the basics first um and get better improve it you improve at the craft get better at editing kind of playing with editing that's a whole different game in itself um and then you know slowly slowly start start upgrading your gear and getting better yeah. And I also liked what you said before, too, of how you don't have to go to the Maldives to get all these crazy, cool videos. You know, nature is everywhere, even in cities. Nature is still there. And even if we don't think it is or we don't see it, it's still there. And there's still a story to be able to be told in those areas. And my last question that I have for you is I always try to end with hope and what what can inspire hope? So what what gives you hope regarding the work that you do um, in, in the field and filming and all of that stuff? Uh, everything really, like what I'm trying to do at the moment is kind of um, document as many conservation stories and, and stories of people in the field doing amazing conservation work as possible. Um, it's like I said before, like if it's not kind of on social media these days or there isn't a visual media to go along with the research, it's really difficult to get people's attention and kind of raise more funds and awareness for conservation efforts. So I'm kind of lucky now where I can go around a little bit to organizations and follow individuals that are doing these conservation efforts and just see the incredible success that they're having and the hard work that people put in across the world in, in different fields of conservation. And it's really heartwarming seeing how much people care, seeing local communities come together to help conservation efforts um and just follow these stories as they progress from small grass grassroots uh stories and organizations to the bigger ones and just seeing how people come together to help wildlife and protect habitats across the world it's really really heartwarming yeah and I, I love that you're documenting conservationists it's so important to hear the stories of the people who are on the front lines and are, are in these local communities who are doing the work and who have been doing the work so I commend you for that that's amazing and I I can't wait to follow along and hear all the other stuff that you put out. Thank you. Yeah. And is, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Uh, I just want to say, you know, like I said before, basically, if you're interested in the field, I would just say, get out there, start talking to kind of scientists or find someone to volunteer with and um, just get out and start doing either conservation or photography. It goes hand in hand, really. That's how I started. Um, and there's no like right moment to start just get out there and start doing it. That's amazing advice. And thank you again so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And that wraps up this week's episode of The Hopeful Environmentalist. I really hope that you learned something new, especially if you are interested in wildlife filmmaking, that this really gave you inspiration um, and that 
even if you're not interested in wildlife filmmaking, now you know why it's so important in this field and to help with wildlife conservation. If you're interested in our guest speaker's work, please feel free to go to the podcast description where I've linked all of his information. So you can find his Instagram, where he posts his wildlife filmmaking, his website, and all those other things. So I really suggest you go check it out. And as always, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Hopeful Environmentalist. And remember to stay hopeful and create positive change.